Yes, who is it? Hello, Stevie. It's me. I'm here. I brought your your cookies, and it's time for me to say oh. your bedtime story. You're going to. You've come to tuck me in. Okay. That's Thank right. You very much. Oh yes. Oh. oh, look at you in your little, you know, entrails and what's that? Decapitated cats. Footy pajamas? Where did you get this? Yes, On eBay? Yes. Someone make I've this for this, you? Yeah, I had a set much like this when I was a kid, and I ordered oh. a custom set from Etsy. So it's, Etsy, that's what they figure. You can get anything on Etsy. That's right. You can. You give people money, they will do anything you want. Mm -hmm. Just the other day, I was like, huh, I wish I could taste the stew that my grandmother made me before I became a vampire. You'll find it right there. Boom. Etsy. Right there. Etsy. Mm-hmm. Even has a finger in it, just like grandma. Oh, I'm sure it was delicious. My grandma was a fucked up bitch. I say that much. I mean, it was an easy... Let me put it this way. It was a pretty easy transition from being human being to being inhuman monster vampire scientist man. And I just want you to know, I, I hear the love in your voice when you say that about your grandmother. Thank you. Now, okay. Yes. You, you all, you're I'm ready in. for my bedtime story. I'm all okay. tucked in and ready to go. Here's your warmed glass of pus with your cookies. Mm. Let me tell you. Okay, yummy, so. Yummy, yummy. Which book do you want me to read to you tonight? Hmm, how about this? The Tree That Ate People. You want that? No, I don't know about that one. Okay. Three Billy Goats Gruff. Uh, tear out the entrails of a small child. It's a long I title, like but one, it's a but classic. You, you know, you read that one to me a lot. I don't know. Let's do another one. Head Headless Jack looks for a head unsuccessfully. Uh, no true stories. No. Ooh, here's one. Oh boy, this has a bunch of short stories in it. And it's called Stories and Studies of Strange Things. It's made by a foreign guy about Japanese stuff. You ooh, know how much ooh. Japanese stuff gives you bad dreams. I do. I'm terrified of the entire archipelago of Japan. Okay, shut up and sit not back. Not for a racist. Up. Not for a racist reason. A completely what different. part of shut up did you not? Sorry. I don't care. I'm evil. Sorry. Racist or not. I'm not racist. I'm just a monster. Sure. <laughs> oh, it's the last of our Halloween episodes on Late Seating. I, uh, a count. I don't even know if I'm a count, really. I, I, I say I'm a professor. I should start over. Oh, it's I. I'm Professor Dracula. And this is my henchman, Steve. Say hello, Steve. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the final Halloween show. Yeah, I told you just to say hello, not to oh, put on there. Sorry. Don't... Let me take another run at it. Okay. Hello. There you go, easy. Haven't you learned anything from the Ed McMahon tapes that I've sent you? How little he says, but he got paid a shit ton of money for it. <laughs> You're so funny, Master. That wasn't, a, <laughs> that wasn't the joke part. That was just me just telling you. I'll point right, to that. I learned it and from there's the a Ed joke. McMahon tape. Yeah, but okay. But I need you to point. You need to be better than him. All right. You are correct, Master. 
<laughs> okay, th th again, I didn't say anything funny. All right, I don't, know, but don't make me unearth his corpse and then bring oh, it God, back to please. life. No, please and don't then do that. Replace you, okay? Oh, you can sit uh, in no. the studio audience. I'll be good. I'll be good. I'll yeah, be good. Wait, wait for a, one of those bits where I go out with a microphone. Ask people questions like, "Hey, where have you? Where are you coming from?" You mean the long, skinny microphone? Ha like ha! That's right. Prices, right. He he's sexual innuendo about something. Ha ha ha! You know that's that kind of boring bullshit. You know, if I had a late night show, there'd be a lot more killing and a lot less audience of work. Of course. I remember because you and I we went to see the Joker movie together, and we got to this scene. When the Joker pulls the gun and he shoots and That's throws good. Robert De Niro away, yeah. and you turned to me in the theater and said, "That was a solid bit." That's a solid deal, yeah, exactly. That's a solid thing you need to do. You know, in my animal segments on my late night show would be nothing but carnage, no baby oh. animals, like full-grown, hungry, like real hungry. Yes. Like they've been here all week, we haven't given them yes. anything to eat. G giant angry carnivores. That's right, giant. Nothing angry but. Yeah, full-grown tigers, full-grown alligators. Heck, we'll do, you know what? I, I, I'll live my dream. I will finally do the thing that I said I'd do, and that is I would stitch alligators onto hippos. Oh, my God. Yeah, isn't that hippo, a nightmare? The, the hippo-gator. I'll tell you that, but if I release enough hippo-gators out into Africa, poaching disappears immediately. Oh. They'd be too scared. Poachers disappear immediately. That's that's what I mean. The poachers would just yes. disappear all of, all of a sudden. They're all gone. They're just nothing but poop. I have good ideas. I should rule the world. Pencil that I in know. for us to talk about later about me ruling the world. That the world Rule wish the would world. be better okay. ruled by uh, Professor Dracula. There we go. Anyway, I, hey kids, I, I agree. It's another Halloween episode, and we have found. A classic Halloween. -y. Well, not really. They didn't make it for Halloween because they don't celebrate it. Well, they may celebrate it now. Actually, I don't know what they do with it in Japan now. I'm going to look it up. You you tell them what we did. You think maybe they, the culture over there has been westernized enough that now they celebrate Halloween in, in Japan? Of course. Well, anyway, because... so while Professor Dracula looks that up, I will tell you that the movie we are reviewing for this episode is the incredibly spooky, scary. Uh oh, uh -oh. they do you find something. Yeah, they celebrate they Halloween. It, it burst onto the scene in two thousand, and guess who's to blame for it? George W. Bush. Disney. Oh, oh. Ooh. Tokyo Disneyland hosted its first Halloween event. You know, I work hard. I work hard. I work very hard. But I will never be as insidiously evil. As Walter Disney was. No. Never, what the no guy. One, very few people are. What a man, I tell you. He's still, even now, that he's a ghoul or a ghast or whatever he is, his evil still being felt, destroying cultures all oh, over yes. the place. His icy fingers reach ever further into human culture. That's right. Quite anyway. Yes. Anyway. Well, what the movie? I don't even we, remember at this we point. We are doing the we are doing the classic Japanese anthology horror. That's film. right. That's right. And it's called Kwaidan. Oh, Kwaidan! Uh, it's okay if none of you have ever heard of this. 
It's okay. It's a right, movie that because it's a Japanese movie and it doesn't have Godzilla in it, so you probably never heard of it. That's right. It's one of those J. It's like the original. It's the old gangster of J horror, everybody. Yes. And if you don't know what that means, I I can't help you. But hopefully, you sat down and watched three hours of this old timey J horror, and you went. It's it's beautiful, but. Uh... <laughs> I, I, I don't know how scary this is. Not really. I mean, it's but okay. The, the people who made it did a really good job. I mean, I guess if you're a middle-aged man who's living with a bunch of mistakes, maybe it could haunt you a little bit. But It's 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 horror <laughs> for the midlife crisis set. Of a specific Japanese guy. So, oh boy. If you, are, if you are a man of a certain age and you have regrets, this <laughs> movie will fuck you up. All right, I'm going to take my elixir, all right? Okay, me too. Okay. Mm, glug, glug, glug. Okay. Wow. Hey, Steve, do you have any trivia Everybody. for Quaidon? I, I do have some trivia for Quaidon. Go here's for it, first, dude. Here's the first bit of trivia. Did you know that uh, that it's called Quaidon because originally the people who translated that word didn't do a good job? I'm sorry, what? Because, okay, so the word, the the actual, it's a, it's a, 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 it's a two improper, word, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's an improper transliteration of the original Japanese word. It was originally, when it was originally written into English, they wrote it as Kwai Don, but then later mm -hmm. on, they, they decided that a better form of it would actually be Kai Don without mm -hmm. the W. Because so, it's supposed to be what? Ghost stories. It means ghost story. It's the mm -hmm. Japanese word for ghost story. And apparently, yes, the actual word is not kaidan, but kaidan. So technically, the title mean technically the title, I guess, doesn't really mean anything, but it's supposed to mean ghost story. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Stupid. Um, <laughs> I hate I hate it when people are stupid in the past. I know, me too. God, me Which too. Which means I mostly um, hate the past. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people were not so smart in the past. Look, you guys um, want a good history lesson? Everyone is stupid and they make dumb mistakes. How about that? We know more stuff now than we knew back then. Well, the Spoiler establishing alert. of democracy in the North American continent led to the deaths of millions. Next. <laughs> Next. <laughs> good job, guys. Way to go. Well, definitely Greek. Greek philosophy was a major starting for for the, the yeah, and they were all they all fucked children. Next, they all fucked children, mm -hmm. <laughs> and also started a bunch of wars with each other. Next, that's right. Next, um, anyway, so yeah. Next bit of trivia: Hooray! Is, uh, the film, when it was originally released in the United States, uh, was was it was critically acclaimed, and it was even nominated for the best foreign language Oscar that year, but. Um, American audiences didn't really it was take long. to it because it was long. And also because they, they heard, Ooh, a Japanese horror film. And then they went to see it expecting a Godzilla movie or something like that. Or something and, like American uh, at that point, American horror films were it's the crawling terror or look out. It's right. a monkey monster. Or I was a teenage, whatever. Right, because yeah, this the movie came out and the, the movie came out in 1964, mm -hmm. and I mean, remember, yeah, American horror films were still kind of in their, you know, sort of kooky 1950s creature feature phase. I mean, that was that was that was fading out, but that was mm -hmm. still kind of like like uh, 
Night of the Living Dead didn't come out for like three more years. And that was really yep. what what you know changed things. There really like, wasn't oh. an American equivalent of what this was. Maybe right. and I do mean American because at this time the closest thing I think we would get to it would be the hammer films when they were doing the post stuff. Or you know, yeah. when when Vincent Price was doing the post stuff. But even then they zhuzhed up the Edgar Allan Poe story. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, and and the, like, if you, I mean, yeah, if you watch Kwai Don, even expecting something like a Hammer movie, you're probably going to be You're going to be disappointed. Because, yeah. because it's not like that at all. I mean, it's very, it's very, you know, it's slow-paced, it's deliberate, it's very visually oriented. It's and fucking, it's just, let's just get this out of the way. It's fucking gorgeous. It's it is one of the most oh. beautiful films ever made. It's beautiful. Um, and yeah, it's not what even today, it's not really what you would expect. If you say, oh, horror movie. you yeah, When you say J-horror, yeah. you think of something else. Yeah. Yeah. Well, J-horror, especially. But even if you just say horror movie, you're probably not expecting something with this level of like aesthetic filmmaking. But um, boy, oh boy, can you see its influence on other J-horror? Holy oh, shit. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. So. They love that long black hair, um, <laughs> and you know, that's that's really in other ways too. But, it is kind um, of it does turn into man gets scared by wig. And, yeah, it's like, and oh, you, okay, dude, calm down. It's just some hair, and I'm not even sure if it's okay, really it hair. Is, it is. Oh kinda, my god! It is kind of <laughs> sucking the life out of you, but it's okay. Just leave, dude. Just go. Um, so, so uh, the version of the film that was originally released in the U.S was a two-hour cut mm-hmm. yeah and and the way they got there was they just completely cut out the second part the uh the, <laughs> of the snow section they just said we're gonna that's lose that one completely. of my i love that story that's though. my favorite one that's my favorite part of the of the four she sections. is so otherworldly and creepy that's my favorite and one. just how I mean, could yeah, they cut I, that I, story out? I don't if know. they're going to cut I, any of them, they could have cut the last one out with dude sees things in tea, even though I love how fucking crazy he gets at the end of that. Oh, yeah. Well, the, um, I mean, I, I mean, we, we OK, look, if we're going to talk about if we're going to look <laughs> if we're going to look because look, it is a three hour movie. Yes, it is. And it's when not going to take us very long to recap it. Yeah, put it that I, way. When I watch it, the bit mm-hmm. that I think is like if I was given the assignment to cut this movie, I don't think I could get to a two-hour cut while still doing justice to the movie. I no. don't think there's enough. I mean, because I but the stuff I would cut out would be the stuff from the third one. From which the, one's the, the, the oh, oh from oh, the oh, oh, Hoichi, Hoichi the Earless yeah. with the mm-hmm. I would I mean that's the one that Hoichi the Earless is it does kind like, of all right, it goes on for because it, it's the longest one, it's the longest of the four segments, and it's like, all right, we can just we can move this along. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I would take I would cut from there. I mean, I certainly my god, but I love that one too. Is my favorite that's just, part. Yeah, but I mean I um, love but, all three, all four of them. I really oh, do. Yeah, like, so. I, I wouldn't want to completely lose any of it. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. But um, so they they chopped out the woman of the snow and got and I I would imagine they cut up other stuff out too because oh no, I can down. guarantee you we didn't see any fucking boobies when I made it out here. Well, that's true. Yeah. Um, okay. But anyway, and then so they the 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 two hour cut was originally shown in the United States, and then they had a um, a one hundred sixty one minute cut 
that was about 20 minutes shorter than the director's cut that, that we watched. Mm -hmm. um, and that was the version that 161 minute version was the version that uh, was most widely shown in the U S for the first several years of the movie's existence. Mm -hmm. um, and then eventually they, they, they went back to just, you know, showing the, the original director's cut. That is the, the three hour version. Mm -hmm. Um so it's and and that the 161 minute version I think has Woman of the Snow put back in. So they did cut some stuff out from other segments. They um, cut out they but, cut out the I know they cut out the nudity. I know that they cut out. I'm sure they did. The only sure blood, the only blood that's in this is in the third one. Um Yeah. Yeah. And they may have cut out some of the longer parts. The more some of the more you know the parts that I like the contemplative parts. But yeah, the parts that that is building like an atmosphere, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But anyway, so I I mean I would be I, I mean I would be morbidly curious to see the two hour version because I'm sure that that would just be a, just butchered because <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean it's like you you chop an hour out of it. Um. Mm -hmm. I would be curious to see the 161 minute version though to see like what they lost because. Um, it's not like, I mean, as much as I like this movie, it's not like I would say, oh, you know, you mustn't touch a single frame of it. Like I, I'm open to the suggestion that maybe you could lose some of this, um, mm -hmm. especially in the, especially in the third segment. But, um, but anyway, last piece of trivia, uh, Qui-Don was the, the final film in the director's deal with Toho. He had a three film deal with Toho, and this was the last movie that he had to make for them. And the original budget ran out three quarters of the way through production. Mm -hmm. So the director sold his house to pay for finishing the movie. This was the most expensive Japanese yes. film ever made when it was made in 1964. Yeah. yeah. And you can see, you can see it in the, in it's the on the I screen. Mean, it's not like I you mean, go, well, like, where'd all the money go? It's there. Well, and like, I mean, maybe by modern standards, if you're used to if, if your idea of like an expensive movie is like an Avengers movie where it's, you know, like special effects every place, then maybe you would watch this movie and go, how is this the most expensive Japanese movie? But if you're I mean, if you look at the artistry of it and the detail of it and, you know, the the obvious care that was taken in the building of these sets and all of that stuff, like you can see, like it's obviously a very. Uh, a, a well-budgeted movie. This is not like a low-budget independent movie. And there's a lot that's yeah. on a set in this movie, but not all of it. You know, a lot, a lot of people say, oh, well, this is very setty," And it's like, there are a lot of sets, yes, but they also do shoot on location, and I yeah. think in all of them, they and, have an outdoor And shot. I love I love the sets. I, I'm so going to mention when, when, when we do, when we get through it and start talking about our reviews, like, I love the fact that there's, that it's clear a lot of this was shot on sound stages. Like, there's, and there's, very there's, fake. Very fake. Yeah, and, and the, which is an effect that you can't really get any other way. No. Like, if, if they tried to do, like, if they shot this against, like, a green screen and tried to digitally create these environments, it's not the same thing. You can't mm -hmm. get the same sense of, like, the camera moving through an actual space and, you know, where you can tell that it's not real. You, they're not really outside in a forest mm -hmm. in the wintertime, but it's it's still a real thing. Yeah, I don't remember the, the last time that the sky was full of eyeballs. But right. I mean, it it's is. been a while. It's been a while. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so that's that's my that's my trivia. Yay, now it's my turn and it's time for me to tell you who made it. And it's a bunch of Japanese people. Don't make me do this. Don't make me do this, Steve. Don't make me embarrass myself uh, look, again. Listen, I'm right here if you need me. I'm right here to help with pronunciation. 
I okay. watch a lot of Japanese wrestling. Right. I can get most of these. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it was directed by uh, Masaki Kobayashi. And uh, he's made it a lot. I mean, uh, guys, a lot of these are Japanese films. Okay, he's just made all of these people made a whole lot of Japanese films, but he made uh, the Human Condition. I think that's a trilogy of films, isn't it? Yeah, that's an epic trilogy. And then um, what uh, Harakiri, I think, and then Samurai Rebellion is what he's you know most no well known for. Um, And like I said, this movie is kind of a departure from him. It's the ghost stories. It's ghost stories based on, and this is it, based on stories and studies of strange things by uh, Peter Lafacido Hearn, who's, I think he's Portuguese, mm-hmm. um, in which he went to Japan. He he wrote down all of these stories. He put them into a book, and uh, eventually it became this, you know, uh, produced by Shigeru Watasuki, and he's also lots of Japanese films, and that's all I'm basically going to say. Starring Tatsuya Nakadai, uh, Rentaro Mukuni, Tetsuro Tamba, Ke- uh, Keiko Kishi, Michio Aratama, Masako, oh boy, <laughs> Masako Watanabe, <laughs> Yoichi Haya- uh, Hayashi, uh, that's good. Uh, Katsuo Nakamura, Asumo Takizawa. I don't. Why am I doing this to my mouth? I've been good to you, mouth. Why can't you? Why do you betray me? Asumo, Asumu, Takizawa. Good. Takizawa. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Haruko Sugimura, Nakamura Kan Imon, and Nakamura Kanjiro the second. And uh, there's a guy in there. I can't remember his name. Um, he's in the he's in the uh, the earless dudes one. The yes. Hoichi. He's one of the monks. Hoichi. Yeah. Um, who is what's his name? It's uh, it's. I think. Are you thinking of Takashi Shimura? Uh, yeah, I'm t- thinking yeah. of Takashi Shimura. It was so great yeah. to see him in this. Ah, oh, he's um, one of my favorite actors ever. It's always nice to see him in anything. Yeah. And so we got cinematography Yoshi Miyajima. Edited by he 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 Hisashi Sagara. Thank you. Music by <laughs> Toru Takamitsu. Production company Ninjin Ninjin Club. Distributed by Toho. Released uh, release date December 29th, nineteen sixty four in Tokyo. Running time one hundred eighty two minutes. Budget three hundred and twenty million yen. Box office. 225 million yen so they had a bleak That's why we never got Don 2 whatever it is that they celebrate instead of christmas i don't know what they got they what are they they don't they celebrate it now thanks to disney oh disney i'm so jealous you are so incredibly evil you've infected them with both um <laughs> yeah, they, they didn't make its money back. So you ready, Steve? You ready to go running yeah. into this this Twilight Zone of oh boy? Yeah, yeah, I bet Twilight Zone with a budget. <laughs> Rod Serling watch this and go. I bet I could do that. I better do it before. Oh my lung! Oh, Why? that's a, that's a pain I'd never experienced before. Why suddenly I can't have breathe? Given me this kind of money. I could make a short story about a creepy wig that kills a guy. That's it's easy. Just a, 
We could have done that episode. It's just a wig that kills people. Now, guys, I'm warning you, this is going to be probably a very short recap. Yeah, it's not a super plot-heavy movie. It's all about visuals. It's all mostly about visuals, and it's going to be very difficult for us to make fun of the visuals. But we'll try (laughs) in this auditory medium. Anyways, Steve, are you ready to run into the world of whatever this is? What time period (laughs) is this? I don't know. But there's ghosts and hair and more ghosts and a guy who can't drink tea anymore. So he goes a no. big, he goes crackers. He goes crazy. Yep. Which yep. I gonna, if I had to sit down and I was drinking a goblet of blood, I kept seeing some guy winking at me while I was trying to drink. I wouldn't want to drink it anymore. Right? Yeah, I agree. I, I agree with you, Master. If you see faces in your tea, you don't want to drink the tea. It's 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 tea. I don't oh, you, oh, or blood, whatever. Thank you. And it's besides the blood's probably more reflective. It's opaque. That's true. You would the, see you would see the face even clearer. That's right. I don't even like seeing my face, but thankfully, I'm a vampire. So <laughs> I don't, don't I don't reflect. So if I think a ghost is after me and I see a reflection, I know it's not me. Haha, ghost, I'll get you. I'll find you, ghost. There's at least a three ghosts that have it out for me right now. We need to get this. <laughs> this castle needs to be fumigated, goddammit. I keep telling you to call a guy, but you won't do it. You say, oh, there must be a humane way. They're dead, motherfucker. We Look, don't have to put out humane ghost traps. I I just have I, I have the same question for you. I have asked you every time you have brought up this subject, okay? What is it? Who are you going to call? You know, my Uncle Bernie, he has got Oh, your Uncle Bernie, he, yeah, he's right. a ghost guy, yeah. Okay. He's a ghost guy. He's, he's a, a ghost, ghost himself. I mean, I am 300 he is a ghost. Years old. He's a ghost, but he also catches ghosts. That's what makes him a real bastard. He, because he turns against his own. That's right. That's right. That's he's why I love him so traitor. much. He's leave, a ghost traitor. That's why I have you murder cookies for him so he can have some ghost so, cookies to so eat. he gets the ghost cookies, of course. That's right. Then Murdering say, cookies is pretty like, fun because you can do pretty much anything to it. They that's right. The cookie and it's dead. That's right. The, the, the crueler you are, the stronger the, cook, the ghost cookie it makes. Oh. You know, sometimes I torture the cookie. I break a little piece off. Mm-hmm. And then I'll go, how do you like that cookie? And then I break a little more off. And it takes yeah, uh, right. know, several hours to completely kill a cookie. But I bet I love Uncle it. Bernie loves those ghost cookies. I bet they are delicious. Because you're basically just, you know, imitating me at that point, which is great. Except I don't torture cookies. No, you torture living People. beings with, with feelings. You know, and I, yeah. I rip off a foot and I go, how does that feel? You like that? And, that's like when I break a little bit off of the cookie. That's right. See, it's yeah. good. We, we're, like we, are, it. we are the same. We are the when, same. When I watch you killing cookies, I go, oh, that fills me with pride. He's paying attention. Look at that. You are right. I learned it from watching you. One day you will be able to torture something that's alive. Well, maybe. Like your girlfriend. I don't, don't, I don't think so. I of course, you're going to have to locate the foot before you can rip okay, it off. Okay, okay. Let's not turn this into open season on Alicia, please. I can't help it. It's like you, you know, tell I thought me we were going to make it through the whole season weird, this year. Weird tooth-filled 
flap okay. of skin is where she's hiding her foot, then I would be like, okay, there you go. Go for it. All but, right. Let's, you know. just, let's but, just talk about let's talk about the movie now, okay? I don't want to get into, you know, we're going I, to have your You'll take shots at Alicia, and I can't really fight back because you are my master, and it's not like Bro. I can really go at you, you know. No, you can't. No. All right, fine. We won't. Okay. 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 All right. Ready? Ready. Okay, let's me and you run into ancient Japan to watch all these, this freak show. You ready? Okay. Here we go. Okay. Steve, take it away. Glug, glug, glug. There's more of the serum. Um, so, yeah, we get the opening credits and the opening credits are over shots of uh, it looks like dye or ink. Some child is playing with ink in a fish yeah. tank. Those and fish are fucking dead. The fish are dead, but the water sure is pretty because we see it swirl mm. around and make all the pretty patterns and um. And then once that's over with, we get the first of our four stories, which is titled right. The the Black Hair. Uh-oh. Is yeah. that about a rabbit? And he's evil? No. And they're like, look out, here comes the black hair. And he rips off people's I mean, heads. Maybe we, we would have gotten that in the sequel if they had made enough money to do another one. You see an Arthurian um, knight called the Black Hair. <laughs> he's got a rabbit on his shield. <laughs> exactly. Um, no, it's so, and we 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 have a narrator. Could it narrator... be about this hair that's growing out of this wart? I'm really concerned. <laughs> I thought I was past that. I'm a vampire. I'm not alive. Why am I getting? Why am I getting this wart that's getting bigger and it's got hair growing out of it? Well, I mean, I I've told you before. Why do you care? It's not like it's going to kill you. I, you know what? I have a certain amount of. I have to still allure. I have to woo women towards me. You know, I just. Don't. Are you concerned about the wart, or are you concerned about the hair? A uh, little column A, little column B. All right. Well, you okay for the wart? What you do is you take duct tape and you tape the wart, and the duct tape will make the wart go away. All right. I'll try that anyway. Try that. Okay. Anyway, this is called back the blood. Uh, yes. Okay. And we meet a man, and he don't like how he's living because he no. is poor. And he comes he's, up to his yeah. wife who's making fucking cloth, and he says, I'm poor, and I hate it. And I hate you, and I'm leaving. I hate this place. Ugh. I hate being poor. And she's like, please don't. I'm begging you. And he's like, nope, I made up my mind. I can't stand it. I can't stand being poor. Get the fuck off me. And he yeah. leaves. And she's like, oh, no. And he goes, and he meets somehow, because oh, he got a promotion. He got yeah, he got a new job and and his boss is like, You're gonna marry my daughter. And she's like, yeah. eh, I'm boring. And he's like, Oh boy, I can't wait till I marry the boring girl. And then we meet her and she's just a pile of shit. Right. <laughs> and they get they move into the house and he's walking away and he stops, he starts fantasizing about he his misses, wife. He, he misses his first wife, yeah. He like, you know, actually, she was pretty cool, and I probably shouldn't have left her like that. She loved oh, well. me, and she laughed at stuff, and I loved how her voice was, and she was beautiful, and I really like that. And this goes on for a little while, where he keeps trying to do stuff, and he keeps thinking about his, his former wife that he abandoned, right. Right. right? And going back to the house and maybe seeing her and stuff. Meanwhile, his current wife is awful and she's bored and she don't love him and yeah. he doesn't it's really a terrible love her marriage and... yeah he doesn't want to be married to her she doesn't want to be married to him um, mm -hmm. 
and eventually one of the eventually he he and his new wife have a fight and Mm -hmm. he goes to bed and one of her servants comes and finds him and says hey you should probably go to bed with your wife yeah and and he's like fuck her and fuck you and fuck off Tell her if she hates being married to me so much, tomorrow she can go home to her daddy. How about that? That's right. And apparently that's what happens. <laughs> and he goes, I'm going to go find my old wife and I'm going to go back to the house. And he goes back there and it's all run down. Yeah, because by now it's been many years. He's been yeah. married to the new wife for a while. And his yeah, he mm-hmm. goes by the time he goes back to his old wife, it's been many, many years. Yeah, and he gets um, there and his wife is there and she doesn't look any older than before and he's like i never should have left you i'm totally in love with you i love you so much and she's like i love you and they're like great this isn't weird at all that you're still living here and you haven't aged at all and she's like i know shut up don't don't say anything and you're not even mad you're not even mad that i fucking left you that's right Let's let's go to bed. Let's go. Let's go have. I think we have sex. I'm not sure, but I'm sure everything's going to be fine in the morning. And when he wakes up, everything is not fine in the morning. Everything is very much not fine. So he wakes up and the first thing he notices is the house feels a little different. Yeah, like it's all broken. Yeah, because like when he got there the night before, like the grass and stuff, like the the area around the house was all grown up and like mm-hmm. kind of gone wild. But when he got into the part of the house where his wife was, it looked just the way it used to. Yep. And and now he wakes up and it's like there's holes in the wall, like the sun is coming in through holes in the wall. Mm-hmm. And, and he notices like, oh, the floor looks kind of fucked up, like the wood yep. has been rotted and broken. And he's like, gee, honey, did you notice how fucked up our house is all of a sudden? And he he puts his hand on his wife's shoulder mm-hmm. and rolls her over, and she's a mummy. She's dead. She's it's his dead. wife's dead body. Except the hair's moving around. That's true. Yeah. So her hair, because he he that was one of the things he talked about. Like he remembered her black hair, and when he saw her mm-hmm. for the first time when he came, I was like, "Oh, your hair. It's just the same as it used to be. It's glossy and black, and it smells the same." And God, I want mm-hmm. I just want to fuck your hair. Well, it turns out the hair fucks him because he, is, he, Boy, starts a freak, he starts having a freak out. The hair's jumping on him. He's screaming and running around and he's rapidly aging. He gets, yes, he he he's rapidly aging and he's running from the hair and the hair is mm-hmm. chasing him. And he's getting older and looking because I'm of the opinion that he died the instant he walked into the house. Right. This is right. this is now his soul. He's being tormented. And he's being tormented by the hair and the hair is like jumping on him and he gets out of the house and it's still jumping all over him. And then he fucking is dead. The end. Isn't that scary? So if you're a middle-aged man, <laughs> don't leave wins. your fucking wife for a better thing. Don't be stupid. Yeah. And Cut to. You better a hope f- your wife doesn't have magic hair. A forest in winter. That's right. Now it's time oh. for the woman of the snow. And we meet. What's his name? Does it matter? Not really. He's 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 poor, and he's marching. He's a woodcutter. Yes, he's, he's, he's a, a woodcutter. Wood, he, he's a young man, and he's an he's an apprentice woodcutter. That's right, and he's marching to the his, snow. Yeah, him and his and his boss, his mentor, are, mm-hmm. are marching through the snow, and it's the middle of a blizzard, and mm-hmm. and they get lost in the blizzard, mm-hmm. and they come up to a river. And they can't cross the river because the boat that crosses the river is on the other side. So they go mm-hmm. into the boathouse 
to wait out the storm but the wind right. is blowing and the, the door keeps blowing open so the guy yeah. the young guy tries to to block the door with a stick so that they can stay in the boathouse but it's still really cold and the wind is blowing in and the snow is blowing mm. in. and why and they went out in the first place i don't know it's a really good question why not just mm. stay home man Especially uh, they, since oh, when you when you, cut, when you cut back, especially when you when you cut back to his house after he survives the storm, you see they have a big bunch of sticks piled up. Just mm. sell those, dude. Just sell those. You don't need to go out and cut wood in the middle of the blizzard. You've got wood at home. But anyway, um, anyway, then uh, a snow demon shows up and kills his friend. Kills, kills the his, old man. Yeah. Kills the old man. She's weird. She's like dressed all in white. She's got white, white face. Skin. She's yeah. got these really weird short arms. That are yeah. really, and she moves weird, and she's got a black also, mouth. We we mentioned it earlier, but this is this is the segment where the sky has eyes in it. Oh yeah, the sky's always yeah. has eyes in it. The sky has eyes in it. Yeah, and it's always looking right. And she comes up to him and says, "You boy, you make me tingle in my downstairs area, and I like you. So here's here's the deal." Don't tell anybody about what you saw here or about me or about anything, or I'll come back and I'll kill you a lot. Do you understand? Yeah. And he's like, Yup. <laughs> okay, and you got he it. He leaves and we cut to and this is one of the things artistic direction is this we see like fields and stuff like that, but the sky is painted. It's obviously yes. painted. Yes. And it's some of the most beautiful things in the world. It makes it feel so unreal when you're watching right. it. You know, have this white landscape from the set and this kind of watercolor red red sky. sky. Yeah. Um, but anyway, he gets out and he goes, oh, boy, oh, boy, I can't wait until I completely forget, <laughs> you know, what she told me to do. Right. Right. And he gets out. He gets nursed back to health. He doesn't tell anybody. No, he lives with his mother, and his, lives mother, with his mom. Yeah. His mother tends to him, and then like a year goes by, and he's healthy again, and he's back out in the woods chopping wood, doing his mm -hmm. wood kind of thing. And one day he's out in the woods, and he's walking home with a big bundle of sticks on his back, and he meets this young lady on the road, mm -hmm. and she's like, "Hi, my name is Yuki, and I'm on my way to Edo." And Tell I'm going to give you such a bone. You won't believe the boner I'm going to give you. And he chases her out in the field. And it's all golden and red and wonderful. And uh, that's when we get the boobies. You we know, do get some boobies. And I yes. don't think it's the actress. I think those are stunt boobies because we don't see her face. We don't see her face. Yeah, those were stunt boobies. But he's yeah. kissing on them. And not yeah. a single American saw that shot. Not that's one. right. <laughs> because we can't handle that sort of thing. We'd freak the fuck out. We'd kill each other if we saw boobies in a movie theater. <laughs> boobies in a horror movie? Yeah. Uh, so far, I haven't been scared yet. I mean, okay, but then they have... And babies. she's not even a girl at a camp? What the... Yeah. And she has three babies with them, right? That's right. They get married, and they have babies, and, and many years mm -hmm. go by, and they live, and they're very happy. And the other women in the village... Are jealous because she still How looks so young and beautiful and she, yeah, after having three gorgeous. kids, and they're they're so happy together, and they have such a perfect life. Mm -hmm. and they and, like, uh, oh, yeah. Wish something bad would happen to you and your family. That would be perfect. Yeah. They're not like that. No, they're, they're not. yeah. They, 
And so we, we see them at, at the house that night. And apparently, in addition to selling wood, he also makes shoes. Mm-hmm. And he make he makes sandals and he makes little sandals for their kids. Mm-hmm. And he makes a special pair of sandals for his wife. And he's like, you know, I can I can't afford to buy you all the things that I think you deserve, but at least I can make you a nice pair of shoes. And mm-hmm. she tries on her shoes and she's like, oh, they're just perfect. You make the best shoes. We're so happy. It would be a shame and- if you ruin it. Yeah. Like right now. And then he says, well, let me tell you about this thing that I that happened to me. First, no, first he's looking at his wife as she's sewing. That's right. And yeah, the light and the in. light changes. And all of a yeah. sudden it's in this blue light. And that was his, hey, stupid, don't do what you're about to do. Yes. yes. Hey, he, dummy, he, don't he do this. what you're about to do. You're happy. You have a beautiful wife. Stop yeah. it. <laughs> because because. Because he clearly remembers the story. Mm-hmm. And the most important part of the story that he clearly remembers is the bit at the end where she says, don't fucking tell anybody about this ever mm-hmm. or I'll kill you. Right. And he just he just he decides, well, I don't need to worry about that part. And he tells his wife the story about the woman in the snow mm-hmm. who killed his partner and then spared his life, but promised not to kill him only if he never told anybody and Mm -hmm. here he is telling his wife about it and his wife hears him out and then she goes that's nice but guess what stupid and she stands up and she goes all white and the light changes again and oh my god who saw this coming she Mm. is the woman of the snow his wife the mother of his children she is the woman of the snow and she says motherfucker i told you not to tell anybody. anybody you thought i was somebody else you thought i was your wife i've been the woman who spared you all those years all along and knowing or thinking that i was someone else you told the story that i told you not to tell mm-hmm. and guess what you're lucky we have kids together because you need to for, yeah. and here's the thing you're going to raise these kids they're not going to want for anything they're not going right. to complain about anything. If I find out that my kids aren't happy, I'm going to come back here yeah. and I'm going to feed you your own testicles. You son I'm of a bitch. Kill you so I'm, fucking hard. I'm going to kill you. So you'll, you'll be like, Oh, I wish I was being fed into a grinder instead of what my ex, <laughs> what my wife is doing to me now. Right. And she leaves, she runs, mm-hmm. she turns into like a, a spirit and runs through the door and he opens the door and watches her go and he sees her running through the forest. And mm-hmm. then in my favorite part of this entire movie, because mm-hmm. he, he's clearly upset. He knows he's fucked up Yep. and he's scared, but he's also heartbroken because now his wife is gone and he did really love her. So he takes the shoes that he made for her mm-hmm. and he carries them out and he puts them in the snow. Mm-hmm. And the last, and then he and he and and goes back, and then inside. he goes in, goes in to cry. Yeah, goes yeah, to goes back inside to to cry, and he closes the door, and then we cut to outside, and we just see the shoes slowly get covered in snow, and mm-hmm. that's the end of that part of the movie. And yep. I just fucking love it. It's so beautiful. <laughs> it's not it's not scary at all. No, but it's so fucking beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, that's the end of the woman of the snow. Yeah, and now we're entering into long story about a guy who can play the fiddle. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So we are introduced to um I think we're introduced to him right away. 
right? Yeah, Hoichi. Yeah, he's, Hoichi. he's, he's the guy. He, he's standing like overlooking the seaside when we mm -hmm. start to get the story of uh, of uh, the Heike. And he's blind. Yes. And he, we hear the story about um, what's his name? What's yeah, the name well, of the dude? It's uh, the warrior dude. And he leads warships out of uh, Shikoko. I can't remember his name. It's uh, I don't remember. Um, anyway, he's he's telling us. I can't remember, yeah. but it's, it's the it's the Heike clan. Yeah, it's the Heike clan, and he's talking about them fighting. And there's the all of these stylized warfare, and it's gorgeous as fucking. It's really, it's really great. Okay, but yeah, it looks fantastic. All it really is is him telling this story. And there's pink water, and then he gets doesn't he get summoned by yeah. someone? We, yeah, we, we see we see like these reenactments of the story of mm -hmm. the last battle of the Heike clan, and we get the little bit. Anybody who's who's seen Carl Sagan's Cosmos knows the bit about the crabs. There's there's, yeah. there's crabs in Japan, and this is real. There are crabs. This in is Japan real. That are, that are called Heike crabs because of this story, because the the folk belief is that the crabs look the way they do because they carry the spirits of the dead mm -hmm. warriors who because that's a there was a, a a an infant emperor who was in one of the boats who was part mm -hmm. of the Heike clan and after the Heike lost the battle they said well we're not going to be taken by our enemies we're just going to jump into the water and kill ourselves so the emperor the baby emperor and his mother and his nurse they jumped into the water mm -hmm. and all the warriors who had been sworn to protect him also jumped into the waters and these crabs if you look on the back of the crabs it has they a have face a on it they have a pattern on their back that looks like an angry samurai face mm -hmm. and so the the belief among people in japan uh, according to this folk tale is well that that they look that way because um, you know, they they carry the spirits of these. Of these In truth, warriors. they look that way because of a large artificial um, uh, selection experiment. Yeah. Because yeah, they exactly. would they would eat the ones that didn't look like a face, and, and they would throw the ones keep the that ones did. Have, did. Yeah. So and the face became more and more pronounced on the back. Yeah, exactly. It's a, yeah. It's actually it's scientifically it's a really interesting story and a really yes, good example of 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 art, artificial selection. Um, but uh, it's also a, a and it's it's a really cool folktale that mm -hmm. happens to tie in with this real thing, and uh, but yeah, so Hoichi knows that story and is really good at telling that story while he plays his instrument, the biwa, mm -hmm. um, and he also lives at a monastery nearby, mm -hmm. and he gets called home to the monastery, and uh, Takashi Shimura is the priest, but we don't really see him yet. We he kind of goes because. Because there, there's uh, somebody uh, like a fisherman or something has just died, and so they're getting ready for a funeral. And uh, Hoichi comes in, and they're like, "Hey, we left you some watermelon out. Eat your fucking watermelon." Mm -hmm. And so he he eats this gigantic <laughs> wedge of watermelon. Um, and then doesn't he? And then a ghost uh, shows up. Yeah, he yeah he's outside, and a ghost walks up, like a ghost of a of, of a samurai, mm -hmm. and he's like, "Hey, Hoichi, come with me." My, my, ma gulp? my master, okay. has, my master has heard that you're really good at telling the story of the battle where mm -hmm. the Heike were killed, and he wants to hear you tell the story. So grab your fucking guitar or whatever it is, and let's go. And he leads them out. He finds these big blue doors. He leads them through the blue doors, past a whole bunch of other stuff, and then Bing Bang, he's there with a bunch of what apparently are other ghosts. Ghosts, right? yeah. yeah. And they lead him into I think like a big performing area, kinda. Yeah. And cut to the fishermen. And I can't remember what the fishermen are doing. 
Do you remember what the fishermen are doing? They're doing so. We, yeah, we see fishermen like at the at the at, on the coast doing something. Mm-hmm. And then don't we cut back to the monastery? Oh, they have like, to repeat that he's Huichi is yeah Huichi has disappeared. Yeah, and they're like freaking out about that. So they go tell the lead monk. Lead monk goes, "Okay, <laughs> <laughs> what do you want me to do about it?" Mm-hmm. No, that's back. right. They find don't they find his body and he appears to be asleep, but they can't rouse him. Is that what yeah, it was? And, and then, yeah, and then when the and then when when the head priest comes down, they say, "Oh, he's he came back last night. He's asleep. Mm-hmm. He must have gone out and had a wild time or something. And now he's now he's right. sleeping it off." And they're like, "Okay, whatever." Yeah. So there's a whole bunch of praying and running around and praying and all this other stuff and a lot of this is the talkiest of them all, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And eventually, the blind priest goes to the leader of the monks and he's like. I need protection because yeah. well, we're not two of the monks follow him, right? Because mm-hmm. we, they, they, they see him go out and they follow him and they see him like performing his and telling the story to the ghosts. Right. And they're like, mm-hmm. Oh shit, this is, you shouldn't have done this, man. We need to get, you know, and, <laughs> you should have done this. You what were you done thinking? This, man? And the priest explains to him, he says, okay, so here's what happens. Um, when you do what a spirit asks you to do, then you put yourself in that spirit's power. So you mm-hmm. fucked up big time already. Because um, now these ghosts are going to keep coming back and asking you to do stuff. And now you have to do it. And if you don't do it, they're going to fuck you up. They're going to tear you to pieces. You're yeah, fucked. This is not good. But there is one solution. We're going to we're, we're gonna, uh, paint all these letters all over you. Mm-hmm. And, That's protection. Um, as protection it's like a protect it's like a spell basically we're going to write this special script all over your body and um and then you're going to go out and everything and will be there. cool you'll be you're fine to go out and sit there and when the ghost comes uh because you have all these protective scripts on your body he's not going to be able to see you and as long as you stay completely quiet and don't make a and don't move uh, the ghost will eventually give up and and leave and when that happens you're good but no matter what the ghost does, you know, if he tries to scare you or bring you out of mm-hmm. hiding or whatever, like you have to, you have to don't make a sound and don't move. And if you can do that, you'll be okay. And if he finds you, he's going to fuck you up and you're completely screwed. Mm-hmm. And Hoichi's like, okay. So he goes out and he's got all, he's, he's got the letters all drawn on him and he's, yep. he, he kneels and he's, and he's doing his meditation and he's being really quiet and really still. And the ghost shows up. And he's like, where the fuck is Hoichi? We're supposed to, I was supposed to meet Hoichi here. Where is he? And he's looking around mm-hmm. and he can't see Hoichi because Hoichi has the letters all drawn on him, except the priest that painted the letters on that fucking idiot. He forgot to paint the letters on his Hoichi's dick. ears. Oh, his dick. His ears. That's of why course. the title of the segment is Hoichi the Dickless. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, he forgot to paint it on his ears. So oh, this, no. the ghost just sees this pair of ears just floating there, invisible man style, in the mm-hmm. you know on, on the on the front porch, basically of this temple. And he's, he's like, like oh, <laughs> he's like, oh, there's his ears, and he grabs his ears. Yeah, and starts and ba- flinging him around, yeah, starts yanking him around by his ears, and, mm-hmm. and eventually rips his ears clean off the side of his head. Yep. We don't get to see that. It's not that great. No, we we just we just see him like afterwards with where he's holding his hands over where his ears mm. used to be. And, and then he has a special him. hat. He has a special hat to cover up mm. the fact that he's a freak now and he ain't got no ears. No ears, blind, no ear guy who can play the guitar. Yeah. Nope. 
and, and then and that's yeah that's, that's pretty much it the, the 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 head priest is like you know you really should have remembered i feel bad years. but you know whatever <laughs> at least it ain't <laughs> yeah. us right bud yeah that's right hey, hey the ghost ain't gonna bother him no more high five um <laughs> and and then the ending of the story is and uh he got really famous for being able to tell this story and mm-hmm. got super rich the yeah. end <laughs> don't, don't feel too bad about it yeah and he lost his ears but don't feel too bad about it he's he, <laughs> he, he did fine he did fine and now we come to our last story yes which is a like a tea. which is like a story in a story because we meet a writer right. and he's writing a story and he's like come into our story and you'll learn about the story i want to tell you and it's about some dude yeah, a warlord well, kind he of tell, he, he, oh. he tells you as he starts telling the story. He says, "You know, a lot of the ancient stories from Japan come down to us, and they don't have endings." Yeah, and this is one of those stories. And this is how we're going to end the movie without an ending. So be prepared <laughs> and don't complain when we don't have we're, anything. We're telling you ahead of time; it doesn't have an ending, so you can't complain about that. So this guy comes down and he wants to drink some tea, and he looks inside a tea, and there's a dude looking at him. Yeah. Right. And he's kind of looking at him like, I mean, he's not just looking at him. He's like looking at him. Yeah. He's like, he's like really looking at him. Yeah. Looks at his He's like, fuck that. And he throws his tea out. And he's like, oh, there we go. I'll just have, I'll pour another cup of tea. I'll be fine. Nope. There's the guy. guy. And it's not like he's a scary monster face. In fact, he kind of smiles at him. Yeah. But like in a kind of like a, like a sly, suggestive kind of like, you know. Yeah sort of menacing way and dude's yeah. like fuck it i'm just gonna drink the tea fuck it i don't care right. no one's gonna bother me because i'm a badass right That's right and uh he goes about his business and it continues like this for a long time <laughs> yeah and he lives he live. he he's staying at like uh like a compound he works mm-hmm. for this lord that is staying at this compound mm-hmm. and this guy the guy who drank the tea is on guard duty yep and and he's like, you know, and he's everybody else is asleep and he's the only one up and he's just kind of hanging out in the room where he's on guard. Mm-hmm. And then the guy who he saw in the tea shows, he shows up. up. Yeah. And he's like, and he's looking like, he's looking like a ghost. Yeah. He's like, hey, remember me from earlier? And the guy's like, no. And he's like, really? Because you saw me in fucking tea. I That's think right. you remember me. And he's like, no. Nope, and he runs around sorry. and he, yeah. And he tries to tell the other guys <laughs> he's like guys guys i know we're in the samurai sword club but i totally saw a ghost and uh yeah let's and the other guys him. are like yeah the other guys are like let's go get him then he's supposed to be going to sleep he's not doing it is i think it's a concubine that's with him right uh yeah she's like why don't you go to sleep please go to sleep i don't want to have sex with you please just go to sleep and he's like, no, he's got his face covered with a fan. It's, I mean, here's the thing. How in the hell did the Japanese ever sleep? They don't sleep on anything. They just sleep no, on the he's floor. Just lay, he's laying on his side on the floor with a paper fan over his face. It does not look comfortable at all. Anyway, he yeah. can't sleep, so he gets up and he starts wandering around the house. And then he meets the three storms from Big Trouble in Little China. <laughs> yes, oh, I mean, he meets three dudes. Yeah, Three and they say hats. they mm-hmm. they say that they are the attendants of the guy who came earlier. Mm-hmm. 
and they're like, he's really pissed at you, and you you hurt him. You, you mm-hmm. and he went to the he he's gone to the hot springs to recuperate, but he'll be back on such and such day. And when he yeah. comes back, he's gonna fuck you up for what you and, did. And dude tries to attack him. It doesn't work. Right. right. He keeps trying to you know stab him, whatever. He, first with the sword, and then with a like a spear or something. And there's nothing he can do. He can't hurt them. Right. He's like right. trying and they keep disappearing or moving to another part of the house. And the more he tries, the more frazzled and, and upset looking he gets. And this right. is the best part of the entire short. I, I'm surprised it took us this long. You know, he eventually, I think he thinks he's killed, you know, killed them. They've disappeared. Right. There, There's one point where he thinks he's finally killed them and then mm-hmm. they just come back. Yeah. He's leaning, you know, he's leaning on his, on his spear and they show up. And this is a guy who we've seen being pretty stoic, but when he goes crackers, holy shit, <laughs> he has gone goddamn crackers. Yeah, it's written all over his face. Congratulations to the dude who is playing this part because mm-hmm. holy shit, he goes from being serious dude just trying to drink some tea to holy shit, he's gone insane. Because <laughs> yep. I and I honestly, it's kind of like. Um, do you remember the Barrymore transformation in uh, uh, Jekyll and Hyde, the original one, the silent movie one, where his entire I, transformation yeah. is what he does to his face? Yes, yes. That's kind of like what this is. You kind of, yeah. if you didn't know it was the same actor, you would think, oh, it's not the same dude. But he's gone yeah. like, he's gone a little weird. And then, yeah. the, then the dude comes in and goes, that's it. We're done. Yeah, no that more. was the end. Sorry. That's it. There's no ending. Yeah. Okay. And he you says, know. he says, you know, like I pro, I could have written an ending to it, but nothing I could come up with would match what you could come up with in your own imagination. Mm-hmm. It's basically just, you know, uh, and then people show up for the writer, and they don't know where the writer's gone. Right. right? Like, oh, he's here this morning, and then he just fucking disappeared. And I'm like, oh, really? And he says, yeah, I don't know what's going on. It's just super weird. And we're like, okay, so this is a weird ending. And then all of a sudden, the lady looks inside of the bowl, a big basin, mm-hmm. freaks the fuck out. And the guy who's come oh, by yeah. looking looking for the writer dude, he goes, okay, I think we'll go look in there. He freaks the fuck out. And what do we see inside of the bowl? The writer dude is in the bowl. And he's looking all old and ghost-like. Yeah. And he and he's in the water. And you're yeah, like, and yeah, exactly. It's not like his it's not like somebody put him in the bowl. Like the bowl's not big enough for his yeah. Plate, like he he's it's like the tea thing. He's he's mm-hmm. he's in reflected the water, inside like, the water. Yeah. And he That's but you right. see his whole body and he's just kind of in there looking up like hi. Mm-hmm. Hi everybody. <laughs> I'm, <in> <laughs> I'm spooky. The end. <laughs> the end. That's it. We end on uh, a teacup on the ground. Yes. And then right. that's it. And that's the end. So, Steve. Yes. How do you feel about this? Not really scary. I mean, it maybe made some people pee their pants in Japan. And maybe some 1960s people. And if they got lucky, they got to see the booby version, which is what I'm calling the unedited version, is the, the booby, booby version. Cut. The booby version. The booby cut. The boob. What? Where's the boob cut? <laughs> I want the what? boob cut of quite a What do you think of a movie literally called Ghost Stories? <laughs> so it should probably be scarier than what it was. How do you feel about quite done? Excuse me, I have to go to the bathroom. Say whatever you're going to say. Okay. Um, <laughs>
Just like <laughs> I'll say whatever I want to say. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not it's not a scary movie, but I don't hold that against it. I, I there are there are so few horror movies that I find like genuinely scary where I actually feel you know, a sense of, of fear when I, when I watch them, but yeah, Kwai Don is Jason mentioned it earlier um, when we first started talking about it, but it bears repeating because it is the most um, obvious feature of the movie. And, and it's most obvious uh, sort of uh, positive characteristic, which is that it's just gorgeous. If you have never seen this movie, uh, it's it's difficult to do it justice, but a lot of it is shot on sound stages, and and as I mentioned earlier, there's just something about a movie that you can that you can tell is shot on a sound stage and is shot in a way so as to let you know that you're supposed to notice that it's shot on a sound stage. Like there is a a kind of of unreality or constructed reality or theatricality to that that you just can't get from any other um, kind of thing and um yeah it's not it's not scary but it's it's spooky I, is um, it i think so yeah so i mean not not every single minute of it but I, maybe you know, in parts very creepy creepy yeah yeah. Um, and it's 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 existential, you know, it's, it's I didn't see any eggs. How is that was it existential? Existential, not existential. OK, well, you know, like what? Exi- I... like dealing dealing with themes about existence, master, you know, like sort of the deep seated fears that people have. That's easy. I exist about, there. About done. Their lives or their mortality or the mistakes they've made or the meaning of life, that sort of thing. That's what I mean when I say, you know, when you're undead, a lot of that stuff drops away. That makes sense. That makes sense. You're not really as bothered by the same sort of shit. Not really. Um, but yeah, so it doesn't. I mean, it, it there are a couple of, of beats that could be described as jump scares um, when the guy turns his wife over and it's her dead body and he kind of yeah. jumps back and he's like, oh. That's a jump scare. There's a little mm-hmm. bit of blood, but it's not about that. It's not about jump scares. It's not about being gory. It's about mm-hmm. the sort of deeper horror um, that comes from these characters' experiences and and, yep. and from their regrets and from their mistakes and you know them wanting to to atone for their mistakes, but then realizing that they can't atone for their mistakes because it doesn't work that way, buddy. This is a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Um, too late for you, stupid. That's what <laughs> too it, late for the you, whole stupid. movie could have been called Too Late for You, Stupid. And I mean, and it has it has a very, you know, these are these stories are adaptations of folk tales. And mm-hmm. and so the characters act the way characters in folk tales act. That's why the guy tells the story that he swore never to tell, even though you think about it and you're like, okay, if this was a real guy, this is the dumbest guy who ever lived. (laughs) It hasn't been that long. Like it's been what, maybe 10 years at most judging by the age of the kids. And also the woman you married looks a lot like the snow spirit. And her name and her name is Yuki, which apparently means snow. Like how fucking (laughs) like, but anyway, but so, they but, have but, to but be the, done. The, the the men have to be dumb. It's part of the story. Yeah. Characters in fairy tales traditionally they act they 
they act the way they need to act for the story to happen. Mm. And in more modern writing, we would view that as a flaw. We would view that as bad writing. Um, but for a folk tale, for a fairy tale, for something that has been passed down through the ages, you can kind of get away with it because it's like, well, this is an old story and this is how the story goes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and part of the point of the story is, okay, this, this man is acting foolishly, you know, and he, and maybe, maybe people in real life wouldn't act foolishly in this particular way, but people in real life do act foolishly in a lot of other ways. So we can mm -hmm. relate to it in that way. And he's going to do something that he's going to immediately regret. And then he's going to wish he could take it back or wish he could make it better or make up mm -hmm. for it. And he's going to find out that he can't. And I bet a lot of us can relate to that too. Sure. Um, so I think you know, that's why the that black hair, thing. the black hair one resonates with a lot of people. Right. Oh, sure. Sure. Because it's about making a decision and then regretting that decision. And I think the reason why he turns into an old man at the end of that is because that's when most people are probably living in regret the most. I regret having Absolutely. done this because I love this person and it doesn't matter. And, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean, yes, I absolutely, that was the person we were totally in love when, instead of going, well, if it had been, you know, I don't mean it, you know, if we really had been that much in love, we never would have broken up. You know, you put a lot of self-blame mm -hmm. on yourself, but the, the simple fact of the matter is, is that, you know, you wind up blaming yourself for something sometimes. You yeah, don't... you you make a decision that, and again, like to us watching the, the movie, mm -hmm. it's made because it's a folk tale and because it's in, in some sense a morality play, like mm -hmm. it's obvious to us from the beginning that he's made a mistake, you know? Yeah. Because we see him, he's 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 very cruel to his wife when he leaves. He says, I can't let you hold me back. I have to go out and make my my way in the world. A man's mm -hmm. job is to move up in society. And I can't stay here and live in poverty with you. And, you know, and it's like, we know he's making a mistake. Sure. But he's he's in the moment. He's living his life. He's doing this. And he thinks he's doing what's best for him. And then years later, actually, I mean, almost right away. He and he regrets mistake, every but, minute of it. That's right. And he. And he realizes, okay, she was the one I love. She was the one I should have been with. I could have, mm -hmm. I could have lived with the poverty, or maybe we could have escaped poverty together somehow, or whatever. I, I have money, and now I'm miserable. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he he got what he wanted because he, he married up. He married into mm -hmm. a noble family, and he got this good job. And now yep, he's like, you know, and he comes back, and he's wearing like rich guy clothes mm -hmm. with a fancy rich guy hat and everything, and mm -hmm. and. And he feels like, and he, and the, and it, the first, in, in certain ways, the first story is the cruelest one because, um, at least the cruelest to, to the hero because he comes back. And again, even though we in the audience know from the get go, okay, this isn't going to work out well for him because it's like, oh, she's still there in the house. Mm -hmm. And it's just like all the times he imagined it. Mm -hmm. And she's not even mad. Nope. <laughs> like, it's a total fantasy like, on his part. She's like, oh, I'm just happy you're home. You know, and he even apologizes to her and says, I'm so sorry I made a mistake. I just want to atone for what I've done. I mm -hmm. treated you so terribly. And she's like saying, oh, don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. I was I was too plain of a wife for you anyway. I always thought I wasn't good enough for you. And it's mm -hmm. like, okay, this there's this is gonna come back to bite him in the biggest way. And it and, does. And they have this beautiful night together 
you know, where they talk and it's implied that maybe they have sex, but they spend the night together and he feels like, oh, I've come back home and I've got my love back. And then he wakes up the next morning and it's the cold light of day. And guess what, motherfucker? Um, and he gets She's dead. By a wig. You're dead. Everybody's <laughs> dead. And here comes the wig. <laughs> he gets killed by a wig, as you said. Um, you know, and it's just it's not. It's not about being scary in the sense that we typically think of being scary as a Western audience. It's about the the horror of 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 not being able to take back a thing that you really I mean, wish uh, you could take back. And, let's face facts, guys. It. Is the hook hand story really that scary? No. No matter what version of the hook hand story you've heard. Yeah. You know, oh, there was a scratching at the top and then you find out, and oh, there's a hook hand or there's a hook hand stuck to the car door, whatever. To the car door, is it really to the mirror. That, yeah. yeah. Is it really that yeah. scary? Not really. Yeah. Um, but mm. yeah, so it deals it deals with that kind of horror with mm -hmm. kind of deep emotional, you know, sort of human experience type. Horror. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and I mean, it's it's beautiful and it's it's very it's very mm -hmm. deliberately paced and it's the kind of movie that, and I love movies like that. You have to pay attention to it. Mm -hmm. It's not the kind of movie that you can be on your phone while you're watching it. You have nope. to watch the movie. You have to pay attention to the movie. You have to give yeah. yourself to the movie. Um, there's a couple of things. Number one, yeah. there's not a whole lot of dialogue. Number no. two, they're very selective about what they foley. And did you That's notice true. that? Yes, they're not foleying everything. They're they what they foley. No. They they're only foleying what you what they want you to hear. You're not getting like oh this rich deep background. You know, if it's windy, you they won't put in the foley for the wind and the trees and everything else. They right. are directing your ear to right. what it is they want you to hear. Yeah. So be prepared. It's it's very different from a lot of films where it's highly stylized. It's very beautiful. Um. And it's also very particular. It yeah. wants you to pay attention to this. And and they do a thing. There's a, there's a quality to it that I love. That even though it deals with a lot of supernatural stuff, like there's, I mean, obviously ghosts and mm -hmm. um, and other things that happen that you know wouldn't happen in real life. But there's there's a naturalistic quality to it, and most of the supernatural stuff that happens is indicated through things like editing and lighting and camera angles and stuff like that like like when when in in my favorite segment in the woman of the snow mm -hmm. um, when he uh when he tells his story and fucks up his life mm -hmm. um, and then his wife reveals herself to be the woman of the snow and it's just a light change it's just a lighting change that they did right there on the set Mm -hmm. There's no post-production. It's all it's mm -hmm. stuff that really happened right there on that set. They just did a lighting change. Mm -hmm. And but but you get it. It's like, oh shit. Now something spooky's happening. Way to you go, know? stupid. Yeah, way to go, stupid. Oh, the light changed. Uh, Guess another what? another good title for this movie. Way to go, stupid. <laughs> way to go, stupid. Your perfect life is over and it's all your fault because you couldn't keep your mouth shut. Mm -hmm. You had to tell your wife the one story you're not allowed to tell. Yeah. Um and yeah, but the, and the movie is it, that's it's like that all the way through. I mean, the the most elaborate special effect that they do uh, 
is just like the 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 transparent effect, which is just a double exposure. When mm -hmm. when, when when the ghost is like they do it a lot in the Hoichi segment when the ghosts first appear, they kind of fade in and they leave them translucent mm -hmm. for a little bit. Or when the when the ghost walks up to tell him, Hey, hey, come tell the story to my master. And, and it's a they're actually and, I think they're doing a Pepper's ghost effect. They're not actually doing oh, you think a, so? Yeah, I think they I think they are. <laughs> Um, but yeah, and that's a very either way, whether they're doing that or they're just doing a double exposure. It's it's mm -hmm. one of the most basic special effects techniques that exists. And, you know, so it's not super fancy in terms of the technology, but it's done very artfully and very deliberately. And, you know, like you mentioned earlier, like the red sky, uh, you know, or the, the eyes in the sky, mm -hmm. um, the, the way they use the art design to suggest something otherworldly is happening. But the techniques they're using are very simple filmmaking techniques that have existed mm -hmm. for almost as long as cinema itself has existed. Um the performances are fantastic. Every segment has great performances. Um, obviously, the one I want to point out is Takashi Shimura as of the course. Head priest in the third one. Even though he, he doesn't has, have a whole lot to do in this movie. He doesn't have a whole It's very much a supporting role. But what I really noticed about his performance is he has one of the most expressive faces yeah. of any actor i mean if you've ever seen seven samurai if you've ever seen ikiru if you've ever seen, i mean god even his little part in godzilla like he has a very mm -hmm. expressive face and and usually when you see him in movies like he's a very emotive expressive actor he has these wonderful big eyes and the way he can contort his mouth he can show just he's an incredibly expressive actor um but in this he does almost nothing with his face he gives an incredibly still performance. He does almost nothing. And it's a great performance. Mm -hmm. You know, he is so good in this movie. And it's so different from a lot of his other more well-known performances um, because he's doing the opposite of what he usually does. He's not being expressive. He's being mm -hmm. still and calm and doing as little with his face as he possibly can. And that, and damn, it's a good performance. Um, and yeah, what you pointed out, the... Uh, in uh in a cup of tea the guy in that who goes from you know mr stoic hard solid stoic yeah yeah and into this guy who has completely come unglued by the end of it mm -hmm. you know and you and you completely believe it like you completely believe it yeah uh yeah it's just it's great acting straight through the the woman of the snow the actress who plays yuki slash the woman of the snow is fantastic mm -hmm. um it, get she because you know she plays like you know the the devoted loving wife but also this merciless like spirit of nature and you completely buy her in both uh in in both characters and i mean it the the the, the four stories are separate and they each have their own unique feel and their own mm -hmm. unique vibe but they're also connected in many ways they they deal with similar situations or similar themes mm. like people we know exactly what the theme is way to yeah. go stupid <laughs> Ready to go stupid. I mean, people, characters breaking promises, mm -hmm. um, char characters getting too attached to the past mm -hmm. um, or, or, you know, wanting to revisit the past or misremembering the past. Like just a lot of over of, of unhealthy attachment mm -hmm. to the past in these stories. Or trying to ignore um, it. Trying or try, to yes, or trying to ignore it. Mm -hmm. uh, the idea, the, the idea that both the natural world and also the supernatural world are um 
like they they don't owe us any explanations like they're inexplicable Mm-mm. there's that we can't understand them we can't ask mm-hmm. them to exp- they, they are not accountable to us and they don't have um, to explain anything to us if they don't want to no there's no that's the thing like with with the uh again I, it's my favorite part of the movie the woman of the snow there's no justice to what she does to him like she she kills the old man because mm-hmm. that's just what she does yeah that's who she She's, is she spares his life for a completely arbitrary reason because she's well, like well you're just you're so young and cute mm-hmm. you know like i like, like basically, you i like you so i'm not going to kill you if you promise not to open your mouth about this it's mm-hmm. completely arbitrary there's no there's no law governing it there's no justice to it it's just like i have decided not to kill you for this reason and there's a slight you, there's yeah. a slight allegory to chastity in there um, that relates yeah. a lot to Japanese culture at the time, which was, I like you, we'll have sex, but you can't tell anybody yeah, that, that yeah. this happened between the two of us. Yeah. Or I'll fucking ruin your life, because that is something that could happen, is if you found out. if Because it, it went on both it went both ways. It wasn't just mm-hmm. the women that got shamed. It was the men that got shamed as well, if, if it turned oh, yes. out they had sex before marriage. Yes. So it was kind of like that. I want to turn. Hurry up! Stop talking. Okay. Well, and, and I also it's it also it it deals with uh, it deals in various ways with the power of storytelling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, for the good and the bad, because it's you know the 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 the, the husband tells a story he's not supposed to tell and screws mm-hmm. everything up. Uh, yeah. Hoichi gets in trouble by being too good at telling the story. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know that the ghosts are all like, "Tell us the story, Hoichi." Mm-hmm. And then, of course, in the last segment, the writer—I mean, he's literally telling—he's literally story telling stories, yeah, and and is telling us ahead of time like this story does not have an ending, and then he ends up, you know, mm-hmm. uh, in the uh, in the same predicament as the guy in the story. He's trapped in the water. So, yeah, I mean, it's my the main criticism i have of it is it's 3 hours and i feel like the third the hoichi story goes on too long and they could sure. probably you know they could trim a lot of that out um but i mean it's just it's it's a gorgeous movie it's mm-hmm. a wonderful movie i have i mean other than maybe tightening it up a little bit there's really nothing i can say you're asking them it. to tighten this movie dude i, I and see i'm I trying to figure out where we could tighten it I'm saying the third one. Cut out, cut out some of that stuff. For, I mean, as some much of as the okay, movies, the battle recreations and all yeah, that stuff. Yeah, as much as and... I love, as much as I love those battle recreations, and as good as they look, and I love the yeah, the color of the water, the color mm-hmm. of the sky, the costumes, the 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 total shameless artificiality of it. Like I love all of those, but it mm-hmm. goes on a little long, and it feels like do we, I mean okay, I feel like we've heard this story now. We can go, we can cut to something else. Um, but other than that, I mean, and and I would be very very careful about doing that because like, mm-hmm. the 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 pacing of it and the deliberate way that this story is unspooled like i wouldn't want to spoil that um but yeah it's it's a great movie your turn it's a, a it's a great movie <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if i have much left to say i mean it is so it's less of a horror movie and, uh, and more of uh just basically it's one of those movies you sit down and watch because it's so fucking gorgeous. It just really is one of those beautiful films that you can just watch for the aesthetics alone. Now, thankfully, there is horror movie elements in it, but is it scary? Not really. It's not really scary. You're not terrified. You you catch what they're trying to say. These are morality tales. Just like when I brought up the whole the hook hand thing. 
Yeah. There's a morality tale to it if you apply it to that story, right? The story that I've heard for the hook and one is that a boy and a girl go out and they're going to be, you know, making out and they hear a scraping. This is the first one. They hear a scraping on the car and they leave and it turns out it was a hook hanging from the tree. But then there's another one of the hook hand guy getting closer and closer and closer and they drive away and then they find the hook on the car. Right. Whatever you want to do. Don't have sex kids allegory. Whatever you want. Yeah. This one is more about you can kind of see the clear stories that they're trying to convey. First story, don't give up true love for something else. You will not be happy, and all you'll do is long for that, right? Until you're old and dead. And that's what happens. He gets old and dead, and all he wants is all he wants is his wife back from his previous because he's miserable in his current one. And then what's the, what's the moral of the second one? The second one is don't fall in love with ice bitches because the boy, they'll <laughs> fuck you up. No, it's, <laughs> the whole idea behind it is, is that if you're going to keep a promise, keep the fucking promise. Yeah. Right. And then the third one is don't be good at telling stories with banjo because boy, oh boy, you're going to fucking regret. And it's not <laughs> because if a ghost likes the story, that's right. If the ghost wants to tell story. the story, you're going to have to say it over and over again. <laughs> and also remember your ears. Always remember your ears, kids. If yeah, you have don't to forget the ears, if you have to cover yourself in scribbles, just like in Conan the <laughs> Barbarian, then you need to make sure you get the ears as well. Absolutely. I don't actually. I'm not quite sure what the 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 moral of the third story is. I honestly, as as much as I love the performances and as much as I love a lot of the visuals, I, I mm-hmm. think the third one the, to me the third story is the weak link in the movie for me because uh, yeah. it, has, it has the it has the weakest ending. Mm-hmm. It, it goes on for a while. I'm not really sure what the point is, other than mm-hmm. you know he sure was good at telling that story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and the last one is guilt's gonna get you. Yeah. There's nothing you can do. Guilt's going to get you and it's going to drive you fucking bonkers. <laughs> not quite sure why the the writer at the end was feeling guilty that he's now trapped inside of the yeah. inside the water as well, but you know what? That feels like a Twilight Zone ending. Doesn't yeah. really mean it's not really connected, but here you go. You could have easily put the Twilight Zone music over that last part where they look inside the the basin. And he's like, yeah. "Hi, everybody!" And, and that's and, and there are mm-hmm. there are some Twilight Zone episodes where the ending it's like you you see the ending and you're like, "Well, I guess you know what I mean." <laughs> like, there are some endings of the Twilight Zone that are kind of like that. You're like, okay, I get it's sure. kind of ironic. Okay, sure, yeah, mm-hmm. we'll go with it. But I mean, if you're going to you're going to invest three hours to watch it, then what I would recommend is, yeah, but watch it for be prepared. It's for the the visuals. It's for the overall. Um, tone of it is great. And I think more than anything else, what this movie contributed to J-horror was tone. I made a joke about, you know, though the black hair is not what inspired, you know, the black hair that you see in the other movies, even though it is there. And maybe they did lift from it. I don't know. But it's the tone that I that I see uh, reverberating through J-horror, most of it in any way, not Haosu. But I mean, like through a lot of it yeah. is, <laughs> you know, it takes a, a theme. The grudge is at about an emotional state that's turned toxic. That's what, and that's kind of what this is. 
don't do this, kids, because this is what it leads to. It leads eventually to horror. And it's kind of that. It's not really morality like they're tisking their finger at you. It's kind of like, well, this happened, and so this happened to them. Is that still not suck, kids? Boy, it sure does. And I can kind of see that in current J-horror, right? Not necessarily like the workings of what's his name for audition. That's that's on a different level. That's uh, that's over there. You stay over there. I don't need you fucking up my weekend as you saw through somebody's Achilles tendon with a piano wire. You fuck. <laughs> you sick fuck. You sick fuck. <laughs> <laughs> this is more along the lines of this is this is spooky creepy. Oh, the spooky creepy. Which is kind of like what The Ring was. The Ring was more spooky, creepy, right? The American Ring turned it into, oh, and then it turns you into a a creepy corpse. And you're like, oh, boy, that's stuck in my head forever. It's, you know, they had to make it more, they creepied it up, I guess, for the American version. Um but I mean, if you guys want to know where all this stuff comes from, if you want to know the history of it and you haven't seen it, I recommend quite on it's it's. And uh, aside from that, if you're a cinephile like me and Steve, it's just so fucking pretty. Oh, it is so yeah. one of the most beautiful films um, in the world. And there was a great, when Japanese film found color, Jesus Christ. Oh my was God. It, yes. They just went, fuck it. Everything's on a set, but everything's perfect and beautiful. And, oh, look at how blood looks on the snow. Isn't that cool? And you're like, yeah, it is. What's wrong with ours? Why why aren't our movies that good? Why don't our movies look like this? (laughs) What are you doing that we can't do? Because if we show blood, then we have people will faint. What? We can't show any blood? Wait, Hitchcock has made how many movies and there's been no blood in them? Well, Psycho. Psycho was in black and white. That's why he got got away with that. Yeah. And she was like stabbed 19 million times. There would have been a lot more blood in the tub and on the floor <laughs> and on her. Going down the drain. Yeah. And that wasn't even blood because I know for a fact that that was Hershey's chocolate syrup they were yeah. pouring in there. So don't even start. Yeah. Stupid. And Hitchcock movie. was taking swigs off of it in between takes. Meanwhile, I got this movie where there's not only blood, but there's titties. And you can't there's even show titties. me that. Hitchcock never showed me no titties. (laughs) Thank God. Thank God. He probably wanted to, and they were like, Alfred, no. So, Hitch, can you tell me why there's a 10-minute scene of Janet Lee with her top off for no real reason? She's just standing there looking uncomfortable. What? (laughs) It looks like like the inside of her dressing room. What? And it looks like it's shot (laughs) through a hole. Um, What? That wasn't supposed to be in the film. That's <laughs> or it could Oops. if you let me do it. Or you let me do it, <laughs> unless you like it. Mm-hmm. I don't think that I don't think Hitchcock could. Well, maybe he could. Maybe he could make a bloody scene at some point. I, I don't know if he ever did. Do you think? Yeah. Well, I, it, it kind of goes against his whole thing. I mean, because mm-hmm. like with, with Hitchcock, it was about. It was about building up to something. It wasn't about, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. It, it wasn't like the the release of tension didn't have to be like a gore mm-hmm. fest. It just was no. the release of tension. You know? Yeah, exactly. But I mean, we didn't really have anybody doing this in the United States at that time. At 
at the same time. We didn't have anybody telling spooky stories. And forget the tits and the blood. And we didn't have anyone telling psychologically terrifying stories, or at least stories that were scary on that level in the United States. Horror in, like I said, horror in the United States has a tendency up at this point in 1964 to be, oh, there's a spooky monster and it's going to get you. And it's a mummy or a Frankenstein or a Frankenstein mummy or a Dracula Frankenstein mummy combo. And they all just run around. We've kind of run out of ideas or it's a giant we, version mean, of something that's usually small. And, in the, in the United States, we've really, we've never really made. We've not really like this. I mean, there are hard, we eventually figured out in the seventies, how to do kind of more, um, elevated, adult-oriented, kind of classier horror movies like The Exorcist. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. But even The Exorcist, like The Exorcist, as as much as I love it and as great of a film as it is, it's a much, it's still a pretty conventional movie. Yeah, you know, um, and this really isn't. I mean, I mean, it's like like we, you know, it's it's it takes its time. Mm -hmm. it, it's not trying to scare you in the sense of making you jump in your seat. Mm -hmm. You know, it's much more about the visuals and the ideas and the emotions. Um, and we don't really I mean, even if you think about other like I think about other horror films since this that remind me of it. And I'm usually I'm thinking of like other foreign horror films. I'm thinking of like um, you know, Let the Right One In or yeah, Suspiria or Let, Let the Right One In, mm -hmm. um, you know, or even something like uh, 28 Days Later which again is very conventional mm -hmm. but also has some really beautiful really artfully done stuff that was mm -hmm. that's that was made by Danny Boyle who is a british filmmaker who isn't an american it's it's western cinema but it's not american the right um, now in the us we really don't have anyone making making horror movies that can be viewed also from an artistic level it's yeah. like we got to make it spoopy. What was spoopy last time? Oh, this spoopy doll. Let's make five more. <laughs> yep. Let's make five more movies about the spoopy doll, and let's put based on a true story because it, we we based it on these two fucking hacks that conned a whole lot of people that they were yeah. supernatural investigators or whatever the yeah. fuck it was. Yeah. We, we had that whole time where, Oh, if we're going to do a spoopy movie, it's even spoopier. If we say that it happened in real life, even though it didn't really <laughs> it, happen. It clearly didn't. <laughs> um, you know, uh, I've been trying to think of, I mean, there have been good horror movies, but they're American horror movies. I'm thinking like bone Tomahawk. Did you ever see Bone Tomahawk? That no, has I some think, fucking yeah. violence in it that literally makes you go, Jesus fucking <laughs> Christ. Yeah. But it's still a good movie. It's set in the old West. It's it, you know, I still enjoyed it. Um, but it felt very American because the, the oh, ultimate yeah. thing about it was it was it was, you know, it was very, very violent. Um there are, I mean, there have there are. Uh, so we're not getting great, any yeah. horror tone poems, right? We're not no, getting anything, it. you know, that's reflective and quiet no. and maybe works on you on a psychological level. That kind of, if there is, please, guys, tell us what they are in the comments. That maybe I am missing something that really just, you know, gets under your skin and makes you right. feel like dread or something along those lines. Which, I mean, there's, I mean, there's. Okay, yeah. so there's the turncoat's daughter that gets closer to it. Uh, if you haven't seen it, I haven't seen that. It, I bet it's it's probably still on Netflix. Watch that. Um, it follows kind of, but it still feels like very much like an American horror film. Yeah, 
Um, I was going to say, uh, oh, shit. The cult, the Swiss cult movie. The Swiss cult movie. Oh, um, uh, Midsummer. Midsummer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but that still has, you know, a lot of gore in it to keep to prop it up. Right. Yeah. We're, what we're not getting a whole lot of is this is spooky and creepy and it's going to get to you on a, you know, on a psychological basis rather than jump scare, jump scare, jump scare, bloody thing. Right. Yeah. Um, I recently rewatched The Babadook. Right. Okay. Yeah. The Babadook gets close because a lot of that is, you know, uh, there's not a whole lot of real violence. There's a lot of implied violence. And it's, you know, the the mom goes cycle. Have you seen it? Have you seen the yeah. Babadook? Yeah. The mom goes psychologically down a hole. Right. Mm-hmm. And ultimately it's a, you know, it's a it's a metaphor for depression and for unresolved, yeah. you know, not taking care of 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 things that not addressing things that could be damaging your relationship with your family and all this other stuff. And ultimately the creature in it, the Babadook is, is not much more than a representation of that. You know, how did it, you know, the Babadook doesn't go away magically at the end of the thing. And then they go, Oh, that's how you take care of, that's how you take care of depression. No, he, the Babadook right. is still around. You have to acknowledge its presence. Um, I really like that movie. I really do. Yeah, I, me too. Me but too. it was still scary, and it still had a spoopy monster, and it. But ultimately, there was a metaphor, and it wasn't. It was scary because of the way she was acting to this kid, and there are parts of it where you're like, "Yeah, that kid's a brat. Fuck that kid." Yeah. But then you realize, oh shit, this kid, this kid has been told his entire life, "Yeah, your dad died on your birthday." Yeah. Right. And your mom hasn't let you forget it. And you're not allowed. You're not allowed to celebrate your birthday on your on on your birthday because that's the day your dad died, and your mom is too scared to deal with that. And it's like you suddenly realize, oh, the kid's actually not that bad considering yeah. how fucked <laughs> right. up his life has been. And now here comes the Baba Duke, and Baba Duke's going to give her permission to treat him like shit. And so I kind of like that that someone sat down and thought about it. And uh, I'm not saying I'm not drawing a one-to-one comparison between this and the other thing, but the Babadook managed to make you feel creepy and scary and that there was something off. And that's kind of like, I wish right now that someone would start making these movies, more movies like that rather than, Oh, well, the killer can only kill you if you say the letter F. It's like, fuck you. (laughs) Come on. Yeah, because because we've seen that movie. Yeah, we've seen it a million times. And if anybody anybody makes a good one, it's because, well, they thought of another clever little twist on it that nobody thought of before. But you're still, you're just doing variations. I mean, if you really want to break it down, It Follows is about venereal disease. If you really want to break it down. Um, or you know, it's the ultimate teen promiscuity horror movie, mm-hmm. yeah, where literally you have to fuck the curse off of you, but you give it to somebody else, right? Um, I would really love someone to sit down and make a grown up adult horror movie that didn't necessarily get all of its screams from you know, um, violence. I mean, you brought up the Blair Witch Project, 
before this movie, oh, when we were talking before we started before, doing yeah. this, yeah, during off yeah. camera, in which you were talking about how that was the scariest movie you had ever seen, and I laughed because that's stupid, and I just can't. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> but I could see why it is. It's a psychological thriller. There's not a whole lot of blood. It's just basically kids being well, scared out in the middle of nowhere. No, for... it, it's one mm-hmm. of those. It 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 works, and I've I've watched it since then, and I haven't mm-hmm. had the same reaction to it as I. Sure. I saw I saw it in the theater. In 1999, when it opened mm-hmm. in the theater, mm-hmm. and when it was over, I felt like I had a there was a pit in my stomach, like I had like a physical reaction to it. It mm-hmm. it, it scared me, or at least moved me in some way on mm-hmm. on a visceral level that sure. bypasses your intellect, and it just hits you right in the in the emotions. Mm-hmm. And and you know, so I would I, I said it was my I said it was the scariest movie I'd ever seen for that reason because I can't really think of another movie that uh, of a, another horror movie that has hit me like that where it just it completely bypasses your brain and it just makes you feel something sure. primal that's just scary and even though you know like this is a movie this nothing here is going to hurt me but it just it it triggers something in your psyche where it's just like oh you see that dude standing in the basement by himself mm-hmm. with his back to the camera and you're like oh oh my god mm-hmm. and you know it just it works it just works on you yeah um and that's a really really rare quality and you know in a similar way it's a completely different quality that Quidon has because I mean I never feel anything remotely like that watching Quidon, mm. but but it does something similar uh, of sort of bypassing the intellect in that like it's about it's about deeper things it's about things that are difficult to put into words mm-hmm. you can't describe so many horror movies even really great ones you can describe them just by citing the gimmick you know yeah. what the trick what the trick is or what the twist is mm. and quite on you can't do that nope. like you can't if someone says well what's quite on about you can't summarize it in one sentence mm-hmm. you know like nightmare on elm street like oh he's a serial killer but he comes to people in their dreams like yeah. that you know, it reduces it but you've pretty much got the important part you mm-hmm. know what i mean and a lot of horror movies are like that even really great ones and with quite on you just you can't do that it, no. it's not that kind of a movie and it's and it's very rare. And I wish like, I agree with you. I wish that there were more movies like this. Mm-hmm. So, Steve, recommend not recommend. Oh, recommend. Oh, yeah. Me too. Recommend. recommend. You guys go see it. You might be bored, but you know what? You might enjoy it. Watch it while it, you're awake, it, kids. It, 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 it might not be for everybody, but, you know, I, if, if, if you love movies and if you're willing to, you know, spend three hours with a movie and give it your full attention and, you know, drink it in. Um, mm-hmm. take it at, at its own pace i mean you might you might really enjoy it yeah okay steve now it's time for you to not recommend something not recommend something go oh boy i am gonna not rec. so this is uh Quidon is um is an anthology movie mm-hmm. and there have been some really good horror anthology movies made over the years yeah one that i think of other than this one the one i always think of is dead of night the classic british horror anthology um but that's a great movie, and I'm not going to not recommend that, obviously. But mm-hmm. there are also a whole bunch of really crappy horror anthology movies, like a bunch of them. <laughs> and the one that I'm going to not recommend is actually the start of a series of crappy horror anthology movies. And it's a movie that came out in 2012. And we we just mentioned uh, Blair Witch. And, of course, Blair Witch also 
started another trend in horror movies, which was the found footage movie. Mm -hmm. So this movie that I'm going to not recommend is a found footage horror anthology movie called VHS. Oh, there's been so many of these. Yeah, they've made at least three or four more of these since I think mm -hmm. they did. I think one of them just came out this year. On like they just keep getting like, better and better. <laughs> and I mean, it's yeah, it's it's there's like five or six different stories, mm -hmm. and they're all found footage movies, and they're all like these little horror stories. And it's zero. It looks like zero budget. I feel like there was probably some budget to these, but it's it's all like you know, shaky cam found footage type stuff. And it's just awful. Mm -hmm. And, but, but it was relatively cheap to make and it made a lot of money. So they've made a whole bunch more of them, but the not recommendation I'm giving you is the original VHS. And here are a few quotes from reviews of the movie. Yay. From, from people who also did not like it very much. Wait, which um, is this the very first one? The, the first one, VHS. The first it's one, not yeah. VHS 85, which is the one no, that came VHS out this year? Was, was the new one that came out this year, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, this, no, is this, is this is the one that came out. This is the one that came out. Okay. V slash H slash S for some reason. I have no idea why they styled the title that way. But... Um, but anyway, so okay, this is this is uh, a, a quote from the review by Frank Ochiang from uh, SF Crow's Nest, who says, "Relentlessly murky and meandering, VHS will have some wanting the urge to push the eject button." Nah, because VHS. Oh, I get it. I get um, it. Here's uh, Dennis Schwartz from Dennis Schwartz Movie Reviews says the six segments vary in quality from awful to just bad. <laughs> here's here's what Mike McGranahan from Isle Seat says. Mike McGranahan. Mike ma'am. If I owned this movie on a real VHS tape, I'd record over it. Uh, good. My, I bet. You, I hope you patted yourself on the back for that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And finally. Here's a quote from the review of my all-time favorite, Roger Ebert, who says, It plays more like a student project in which several short films were cobbled together in the popular found footage horror genre to masquerade as a feature. What's the <laughs> point? None of the segments is particularly compelling. Strung together, uh... it's way too much of a muchness. So there oh. you go. Roger oh, was not a fan shut of up, old man. Movie. Then why now. do you look so astonished? Anyway, so <laughs> I love those Roger Ebert jokes. Roger, you okay? You look shocked. <laughs> Here's one from Rag Haven Chris, who gave it five stars. Oh my god! And he said it's an interesting concept. Some parts are shocking, and others are terrific. I loved watching it. The movie is kind of anthology based. You think, genius? Wait, that's literally what it is. Kind of anthology based. Loved all the scenes. Well executed and produced. Wow, you're, boy, you just invested a whole lot. Well, okay, this is from Andy Wilson. Watched this movie years ago and I still love it. Can't work out why a few people on here think it's trash. I guess they're just not in, just not horror fans. Oh, did you hear that, Steve? If you didn't love it, you're not a horror fan. <laughs> it must just be that I'm not a horror fan. So, if you are a horror fan, you will love it. If you are not a horror fan, you won't. Simple as that. You won't. Simple as that. Also, punctuation's fun, dickhead. Use it when you're writing something. <laughs> How about that? Thomas, Jesus Christ. 
<laughs> Commas are your friend. Oh, here's Claude R. It's an awesome movie. Oh. Stories are great. Direct. Oh, comma. I'm sorry. This is one. This is one sentence. Stories are what? great. Directors and young cast does an outstanding job. I am surprised that it took me eight years to find out about this movie. We need new faces out there. And I, you just said this movie is eight years old. We need new faces out there. And <laughs> it's I love new to that. him. And I love the fact that VHS does that. Being a big fan of movies like British classics like, wow, there's a lot of likes in there. Being a big fan of movies like British classics like Monster Club. I've never heard of that. I've never Vault, heard of Monster Club. Vault of Horror, 1973, or The House That Dripped Blood, 1970. I assured won't be disappointed pointed let's do a sequel matt who's matt if you're british how come you write like this you invented the language have some pride man god damn it jeez louise anyway that's my response hey guys as you guys know i i like to not recommend a new movie from the same year as the movie we just reviewed it's 1964 and i had to find a horror movie and that wasn't too bad because most horror movies up to that point were shit they were just that we'd had a long period of just fucking goddamn it the the low the the producers at the bottom of the barrel were reaching into their fucking empty pockets to try to produce something, and the thing they produced this time was called the Car- creeping terror. Ooh, oh, and you yeah, guys might remember this. From, yeah, you saw it because it was on MST3K. That's why that's you. Right. That's why you saw it, and that's the only place it could be because the Creeping Terror is about a carpet that eats people. And yes. fuck me if it isn't the most boring, god awful, horrific thing. I if you try to watch this without MST3K or without oh, a yeah. drunk friend next to you, forget it. It is so, yeah. and and the monster is so fucking stupid. It's like five people underneath a rug, and yes. its main thing is that it runs over other people and eats them. And eats them. So they could have called it the rug that ate Toledo, but unfortunately they can't because the entire thing is filled is filmed in the hills of California. You can tell everything is overexposed. All of the all of the sound had to be redubbed because they didn't. Mm-hmm. I don't think they had sound equipment. At the time, and you, you get to see a scene where someone tries to beat off a giant rug with a with a fucking guitar, and fails. By the way, so if if you guys have a chance to watch the the creeping terror by yourself, don't wait until you're drunk and invite someone over, and yes. then you start making out halfway through, so that you have a you know you're doing something else that's fun than watching right. the creeping terror. Yeah. Right, make yeah. a baby instead of do, watching this. Do creeping terror and chill. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Steve, everyone knows I don't have to make you pick because you picked this like three months ago. That's right. We're finally gonna we're, we're we're gonna do what we thought we were doing before we forgot that it was Halloween. That's <laughs> right. Month. Steve picked uh like a month ago that we were going to do this movie, and that movie is the Blues Brothers, one of my favorite yeah. movies of all time, highly influential on me. I I I did find the picture of me dressed as the Blues Brothers, but I don't know if I'm going to put it up anywhere. So you guys shut up and maybe I'll do it. Maybe not. Maybe it's just for the Patreon patrons. Maybe that. Um, ha, ha, yeah. ha. Who knows? Exactly. Who knows? But we're going to be doing the Blues Brothers. So please, if you want to get all the jokes, 
Watch the Blues Brothers, but the next time one of these things drop, and that's it. We're done. Oh, the not scary is all finished. <laughs> but it did make me think about my life choices, and maybe I should have been a better guy. And you know what? Since a lot of don't these were it. like, don't fucking do that to women, or they're going to regret it. I'm sorry about what I said about that means a lot to me, and I will pass that on to her as well. I'm sure Good. she will be very moved that you would say that. Okay, just so long as I don't see her ever again and she stays in her room. <laughs> I'll have to tell her that you insulted her first and then tell her that you that you took it back. So. Oh, no, don't tell her I insulted her. She's very sensitive. You know this. I, bet. I appreciate you saying you are sorry, so I will I will pass sure. it along. She can't get those flaps calloused. What would okay. she feel if she did? Okay. Be crazy. She'd be like, oh boy. I'm like a bunch of I'm a bunch of crusty flapjacks just stapped one on top of the other. She's beautiful to me. She's beautiful if you're like, mm I want to I want to know what the Michelin tire man would look like if he had skin instead of whatever it is okay. that was on the outside. What is wrong with the Michelin tire man? He's a good looking guy. He's okay, would you want me to go number one? He's made out of tires. Okay. Well, he can't help that. He's made That's he's the made way he was born, rubber. and probably his parents were made of tires. So he's well. made out of white tires, which no one makes anymore. That, that never made sense to me. I Number three, none of the tires apparently have tread on them. No, it's dangerous. Well, okay, that's why they use the tires to make the man because they were they were worn out. They couldn't be used he on the road. Kind anymore. of looks more like the used prophylactic man. Okay, that's out of line. The Michelin rubber guy. And so you're saying that Alicia looks like a flesh version of the guy who looks like a used condom. Okay, but let's feminine it up again. She kind of looks like a loose pile of, um, how can I say this? A loose, a loose pile of, you know, the thing that women put inside of them to prevent with the babies, you know, is... A diaphragm. A, di- a diaphragm. Yeah. It's you say you think she looks like a diaphragm. Yes, but wetter. Jesus. <laughs> what? Do you agree? See? No, Master, that is, I think that's the nicest thing you've ever said about it. Oh well, thank you. Hey everybody. <laughs> Until next time, this has been Professor Dracula. And go see a movie this week. And this has been Steve the Hunchback. And you know, Master. When is it? I was watching this movie and it reminded me of, of a thing that happened to us in the past. Do you remember what you said to me when I showed you the fancy new underwear I wanted to buy for myself? No. I you still remember? don't ever remember our conversations, especially about you, underwear. I, I showed them to you on the website. And your mm-hmm. words exactly were, how beautiful, but why red thongs? Oh, is that what I said? That's exactly I, what you said. I am sticking to that. How beautiful, why red thongs? You bought them anyway, didn't you? You did. Oh, of course. I'm, I, yes. I'm going to wear them later for Alicia. Please don't. 
do both that. Both of them at the same time. What part of the castle are you going to be in when you're doing that? Not the part where you are. Thank God. I hope it's down, way down, like basement, okay. sub-basement. I mean, sub very low, very, okay. very low. Okay. Okay. I've okay. told every creature that can talk that lives in here, don't tell me what goes on beyond the you know, sub-basement three, because I know that's when you and Alicia run around and tickle oh. each other, and you, yes. God knows what you're wearing. And It's our all, love nest. I know, but I mean, a lot of our dungeon dwellers have left. They've been like, that's enough. Well, I can't. There's a lot we'll tolerate, them. but okay. I've got to, you know, I've got to find even sicker and worse dungeon dwellers now. I'm well, going to be. You know what? It's a refining process. We're truly weird. weird perverts. That's what we should want. Well, yes, but I mean, are you going to you be know? comfortable? You and Alicia running around playing your flapjack games and. And then all of a sudden, there's a really weird pervert smearing himself with, with peanut butter going, hey, how you doing? I'm a, I'm a dungeon dweller now. How you doing? Sure, as long as he understands that you my name's not My name's Dave. Just keep doing whatever it is you're doing. At some point, indicate which flap is her vagina so I can really get the full experience, you know. Is that what you want? You want... Those does Dave dwell in the dungeon now? I didn't know Dave lived here now. That's really hired, cool. I'm going to have to go say hi Dave. to Dave later. Dave, Dave is the one that keeps stealing all your underwear. Well, you didn't my know? underwear? What? That's ridiculous. Dave would never fit into my underwear. Oh, he's he's not trying, oh man. Okay. Well, that's enough. I think we're not going to top that one. <laughs> they've had enough of us for a year. So thanks everybody for tuning in. Until next time. This is Count Dracula. It's not Count Dracula. You're I'm not the Count. I'm Professor Dracula, and I'm not there related to him. We have the same name, but we're not. He's no, no relation. There was a period of time when someone said, "Isn't that your cousin?" And I like that cocksucker. No, he's boring <laughs> and he moves slow. That's he. The all he wants is suck the blood. And oh, this girl looks like my dead wife when I was alive. Whatever, you piece of shit. Did you know what you've got your whole life, and this is all you do is you you put someone in your thrall and you turn someone crackers. Look what I got. I got a science lab. I've got a hunchback right. assistant. And his and his flapjack weird girlfriend. That's right. You have done something with your unlife. I've got a castle. I've got a whole town that's terrified of me. What do you have? That's Nothing. right. Nothing. Nothing. You suck, Count Dracula. All you've got is some German, old German guy with a boner to kill you. I have taken care of all of my old German that's guys. That's right. That's you right. Fucking buried in the backyard. That is not have not even a stone. Sometimes I walk over, I poop right on it, going, ha, stupid. Anyway, uh, that's just to say I'm not related to Dracula, nor nor do I compete with him, even though technically he is more famous. Because he had that book written by that yeah. fucking drunk Irish dude. He wrote the story of Dracula. And he's like, oh, blah, 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 blah. I love the taste of Dracula's dick. I'm going to make him famous. He could have, you know what? Okay. All right. So he came over to the castle. Igor remembers this. And he's like, hello, I'm, I'm Bram Stoker. And I would love to tell a story about you. And I was like, fuck off. I don't need you. Right? That's right. You told him to piss off. I told him to go fuck himself, and he went off and he found Dracula. So I'm now living, I'm a little bit like that Japanese ghost story. I'm living a little bit in regret. 
I'm really sorry that I killed Bram Stoker before he could write the sequel, but I'm saving you guys the story of Dracula 2. Hey, more Dracula. That book would have been so terrible. Oh, it was really bad. It was mostly Dracula walking around in his slippers asking, you know, hey, what time, you know, what time is the radio showing? Because this was later, you know. You know, I don't even know. So, thankfully, I killed him. And so, you don't have to deal with that. You don't have to watch that bullshit, do you? No. Do you want Bella Lugosi walking around in his slippers? They would have made that movie 500 fucking times. Oh, yeah. They would have. And God knows how many people. And then they gender reverse it. Jesus Christ. Is there anything lazier than gender reversing some bullshit? Or they put it in modern day for like the. How I mean, time. how when are we going to get Frankenstein with tits? That's the, with the, just a matter. Of, oh, we well, had Frank, know, we had Frank and Hooker. They did it already. I keep writing those letters to the studios, but so far nothing. I told you to stop doing that. I don't want oh. that. Okay, never mind. I don't want that. I don't want you know, she creature of the Black Lagoon. I don't need that shit. Sheetcher. The sheetcher, that's sheetcher worse. of the Black Lagoon. That's Congratulations, you made it terrible. Even more terrible than it is. And what would your name for the Wolfman be? The Wolfwoman? Wolfwoman. Wolfman. When, so you take W-O-L-F-Man. So it's Wolfman. How is anyone supposed to know that that's supposed to be about a it's, woman? Maybe it's too complicated. I would oh, call because, it woman wolf the, man. Because the W-O and the M-A-N would be in the color pink. Woman wolf man is what I'm going to call it. Woman I'm wolf putting man. my foot down. Woman wolf man. Woman wolf man. Mm-hmm. Okay, I can dig it. And I would call the mummy mammy. Mammy. That's racially insensitive at best. And I would call it the Invisible Man Woman. The Invisible Man Woman. Nah, okay. you got to get the title in that well, so the people you know. You know why? Me. Because they already did the Invisible Woman, so you don't you don't want When did they do it. the Invisible Woman? It was one of the sequels to the Invisible Man. They did the Invisible Woman. Isn't that one of those model kits that you could buy when you're a perverted little kid? You no, could buy the, no. the Invisible that's, Woman kit, and then the you're like, oh, woman. I'm putting guts inside. Oh, okay. Isn't that is invisible, isn't that every woman? Inside. Yeah, it's it doesn't really make sense. It's like I, the first time I saw that in the Sears catalog, it oh look everybody, hot new Christmas item, the visible man, and I was like, that's just a man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's that's a man. There. You can it's see stupid. all of them. That's right. I'll, I'll tune in for more of our Christmas shopping tips, where we tell you what we do and don't buy at Christmas time. It's great. And also movies that we don't want to see, and that's anything with a woman in it. There, I said it. We're monsters. We're monsters. We're not supposed to be nice guys. We're not supposed to be up on the whole, you know, let's make give women equal time on the movies. No. We're monsters. We're bad that's guys. Right. We have we, we live by an ancient European code of morality. That's right. Super sexist. Yes. Oh boy, you have no idea how sexist it is. It's like super. We can't even even describe it to you. No, we can't. It's so. Oh, 
It's but it's it's so much a part of us, isn't it? It's completely unacceptable. But now, from now on, every time you listen to us, just keep that in mind. Okay, I think we've vamped enough on this subject okay. to make it, make our show long enough. Because boy, we burned through that ghost shit really fast. Anyway, happy Halloween, everybody! Happy Halloween, everybody! Bye bye. Maybe me definitely. Who knows about? Who knows about Steve? Oh shit. <laughs> Late Seating is a Let Me Listen podcast production featuring Steve Shives and Jason Harding. Produced by Jason Harding. Theme music, Rollin' at Five, composed and performed by Kevin McLeod. You can find more Let Me Listen podcast productions at our website at www.letmelistenpodcast.com. You can also find us on Stitcher, iTunes, or just about anywhere you download podcasts. Late Seating is a listener-supported podcast. If you would like to support Late Seating or any of the other Lemmy Listen productions for as little as $1 a month, please visit our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash Listen. And thanks for listening.